it's hello hard. everyone and welcome to episode 11 of the desert shift podcast i'm your host chase beardsley alongside my fellow host tyler cast today's episode we're going to talk a lot well we're going to actually go through each of the first round matchups uh go through them and say who we think we're we're choosing to win those matchups we're going real in depth with this but first off i gotta ask the age-old question tyler how are you doing today uh, I'm doing very well. Um, got some exciting stuff happening tonight. Um, pretty nervous, but I'm excited. And uh, just a nice day. The the weather's been really nice here in Phoenix. Getting back up to, like, the 100s now. Yeah, unfortunately, Tyler will be escaping before it gets there. So, lucky you. All right, well, we're going to waste no time because there's a lot to discuss here. We're going to start off with the East. Does that sound good for you, Tyler? Yeah. We'll start off with the uh, Boston Bruins versus the Florida Panthers. Overall record for the Bruins was 65-12-5. For the Panthers, they were in the second Eastern wildcard spot, 42-32-8. Obviously, Boston won the President's Trophy, won their division first in the East. But if you look at the record, it's pretty interesting. Uh Boston is 2-1-1 one, one versus the Panthers. Panthers are 2-2-0. Two, two um, it's one of the only teams that have been Boston twice this season. Uh, top scorers for the Bruins, David Pasternak having a great year, 113 points. Brad Marchant, 67 points. Patrice Bergeron, 58 points. On the Florida side of things, Matthew Tuchuk, 109 points. Alex Barkov, 78 points. And Carter Verhage, very underrated year, 42 goals, but for 73 points. We look at the goaltenders. We have Linus Olmark for the Bruins that had an insane record of 46-1 with a 9.38 save percentage and a 1.87 goals against average. Jeremy Swayman will be backing him up with a 24-6-4 record. On the Panthers side of things, it's a mixed bag what you have here. It's Alex Lyon probably starting in net. In fact, confirmed to start in net uh, for game one. 9-4-2 with a 9-14 save percentage and 2.89 goals against average. Sergei Bobrovsky, 24-20-3. Uh, 9-1 save percentage, 3.07 goals against average. And then Spencer Knight, we don't know if he's going to play, but he's 9-8-3 with a 9-1 save percentage and 3.18 goals against average. President's Trophy winner faces off against last year's President's Trophy winner. Tyler, let's hear your thoughts on the Bruins versus the Panthers. Yeah, um, I think this uh, series is kind of going to go how everyone expects it to go. I think the Bruins win in probably five games. Uh, maybe the Panthers still went out. I could see this one being a sweep. Um, I don't see too many sweeps happening, but I think this is one series that could end in a sweep. The only reason I think the Panthers could steal a game, maybe two games, is um, as of the time we're recording this, there's been reported an illness is going around the Bruins locker room. So there's some players who aren't 100% confirmed to be playing, especially uh, in gold, the in net. Uh, as of now, both uh, Olmark and Swayman have like an illness, and uh, Brandon Bussey was re recalled from the AHL. So I think that if the Bruins um, are a little bit shorthanded, I still think they have really good depth. If, but if they don't have all their firepower, maybe the Panthers could steal a game or two. But uh, I think realistically the Bruins have a, a pretty easy time handling the Panthers and win this one five games. Yeah, Matthew Tuchuk was the only uh, person that Calgary fiasco to make the playoffs this year. So that's that's something to note. 
Um, someone to look out for this series, Carver Hagee. He was excellent last season for, in the playoffs for the Panthers. His play this season has been fantastic. He could really help with Alex Lyon to steal a game because Lyon's been incredible. He's been the only reason probably that the Panthers even make it here. Um, listen, I, I it's, it, it's fun seeing the Panthers here. They're a fun team to watch. But... Boston is just so stacked. I mean, from top to bottom, offensively and defensively, you have stars like Pasternak, Marchant, Krejci, Bergeron. You also have, um, on D, you have people like Charlie McAvoy, uh, Dmitry Orlov. You have all these great defensemen. They're just so stacked, and I cannot see them winning, or sorry, losing in round one. I... I think this is going to be one of the few instances where the President's Trophy isn't a curse, probably the first since 2015. Um, I know it's been hard for President's Trophy winners to get out the first round. Obviously, Florida did it last season, um, but before that, there there were a few errors in here. I just think um, Boston's too good, man. I'm choosing Boston in five games. Um, I think it's going to be... Maybe not the closest series, but I do think Alex Lyon steals him a game or two. Yeah, um, I, I actually think that um, Lyon is one of the reasons that I don't trust the Panthers to even win a game because as good as he's been in the regular season, um, he's still mostly an AHL player, and who knows how he's going to fare against uh, you know, the Bruins. So I think that he could definitely struggle a lot, and maybe they, they turn to Bobrovsky sometime in the series. I don't think he'll be terrible, Lyon, but I definitely think that he's probably the worst starting goalie out of maybe even everybody in the playoffs, but definitely in the East. Yeah, I think uh, thinking about that, I would I would agree with that, actually. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, well, actually, I think Seattle might challenge that. Uh, but in the East, I In the East, yeah, absolutely, the but... um. Yeah, I just think the Bruins win in five games. What's your prediction? Tyler? Yeah, it's a Bruins in five, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a sweep. Yeah, no, neither would I. Going from that to one of the rematches from last year, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Toronto ending up second in the Atlantic Division, Tampa uh, entering on third seed in the Atlantic. Toronto's record this year, 50-21-11. Tampa, a bit of a mixed bag this year, 46-30-6. and The record versus each other, 2-0-1 for the Maple Leafs, 1-2-0 for the Lightning, uh, leading the scoring this year for Toronto. Mitchell Marner, uh, 30 goals, 69 assists for 99 points, almost cracked 100. William Nylander had 87 points. Austin Matthews, compared to last season, had a little bit of a down year. Uh, but still 85 points. On the Tampa Bay side, Nikita Kucherov, 113 points. Brayden Point with 95 points in a 51-goal season. Steven Stamkos with 84 points. Look at the goaltending. Ilya Samsonov, 27, 10, and 5 with a 919 uh, save percentage and a 2.33 goals against average. Matt Murray, 14, 8, and 2 with a 903 save percentage and a 3.01 goals against average. And Joseph Wool, he has a 6-1-0 record with a .932 save percentage and a 2.16 goals against average if it gets all the way down to him. Andre Vasilevsky, obviously the GOAT for Lightning, 
34, 22, and 4 with a 915 save percentage and 2.65 goals against average. And they want to turn to Brian, Brian Elliott. Uh-huh. Good luck there. 12, 8, and 2, an 891 save percentage and a 2.65 goals against average. Once again, this is a uh, first round rematch from last season. Uh, Tampa has been to the straight, uh, three straight Stanley Cup finals the past three. And Toronto has not won a first round or any round um, since 2004. They have been eliminated in back-to-back years against Boston, against Washington, Columbus, and last year, Tampa. Is this the year that the curse finally breaks? Um, no. Uh, I, I think that um, Tampa's kind of in the position now where they're like underdogs finally. And, you know, everyone was picking them to win, you know, even last year. Um and I think that a lot of people are really high on Toronto right now. Like, the spotlight is super bright there. Um, and I just think that Tampa's going to feed off this, like, you know, nobody's really picking them anymore, even though they did go to three straight Stanley Cup finals. Um, so I think they're going to thrive off that, and I can't bet against Andre Vasilevsky. That dude is capable of putting this team on his back, even if it's just for a round and just taking them. Um, I, I really think that they have such an advantage there. And, I mean, you can't even forget about their offense. Like, look at the years that um, even guys on defense, like Sergachev, had their career years. I think Tampa's still full of playoff performers. Like, they obviously lost a bunch of, like, their past playoff performers. But even guys like uh, Brandon Hagel. Oh, even like had a great year. Like, Ross Colton, Nick Paul, um, even guys like Corey Perry. You know, these are guys who could always step up in the playoffs and just be big there. Patrick Maroon. Yeah, Maroon. <laughs> um so, yeah, uh, I think that this series goes seven games. Um, I think that that game seven could be a toss-up, but I'm leaning Tampa right now just because I'm not betting against Andre Vasilevsky in a game seven. I think this is Toronto's best chance that they've had yeah. in the past couple of years. I really, really like their trade deadline acquisitions. I like Ryan O'Reilly, Sam Lafferty, Noah Chari, Jake McCabe, Eric Gustin, Luke Shen. All six of those additions were fantastic. Um, it just made the team so much deeper. It's just it's just so hard. It's because on one hand you have a really good Toronto team, like again probably the best team ever, and then you look at Tampa and they've been struggling recently. But you know, like in the playoffs, they just turn it on just like that. Andre Vasilevsky, I know his his record and stats don't look as good as previous years, but again, playoffs are a whole new picture. I, I still think Tampa has a good amount of depth, even though it's not as good as the past couple of years. Obviously, they did lose more pieces like Jan Ruda and um, Andre Pilat. And McDonough. And Ryan huge. McDonough. Uh, they lost them in the past season, and that sucks for them. I, man, it's just so hard to bet against Tampa because they've been to the past three straight Stanley Cup finals, and the Maple Leafs have lost in the first round in the past since 2017 basically how many years is that that's like uh, six years, six years yeah for the past six years they've been losing in the first round so it's hard to say i wouldn't be surprised if toronto uh won the series because i think they're that good now and i think tampa has just taken a step back but i'm not going to bet against andre vasileski in the tampa bay lining because i've done that before and it's uh it hasn't been great for me <laughs> yeah. so for me, I'm choosing Tampa Bay in seven games. But again, 
I would not be surprised at all if Toronto wins the series maybe less than seven games because I think it's a toss-up. But, again, for me personally, I just I just like the Lightning. Yeah, I have the Lightning in seven games. I think the X factor in that series is going to be the star players mm-hmm. because, like I said before, the, the lights are just so bright right now in Toronto. Like, there's such high expectations, and they oh, yeah. know they need to win a round. Yeah. And um, we know that the Lightning star players are going to step on, up in the playoffs, and they're going to do good, like Point, Kucherov, Stamkos. Um, we know that all of these guys are going to show up because they have in the past, but the Maple Leaf star players have not shown up in the past in the playoffs. Um, Marner, Matthews, Nylander have all struggled a ton in the playoffs. So I think that, again, now now that the lights are even brighter, are they going to be able to step up and finally have a great playoff series? Because if they don't, then, I mean, I think that Tampa easily handles them. Yeah, the big forward needs to show up. Like, they have not shown up. I think last season, last playoffs, um, they were okay. Yeah. But they need to be better. They need to live up to their contract. Otherwise... We know that there are going to be big changes in Toronto if they lose once again in the first round because that'll be the seventh straight year that this has happened. But that's their X factor. I like Samsonov. I don't think he's better than Vasilevsky, but I think he's the best starting goaltender that the Leafs have had probably since Freddie Anderson, who was always getting injured. Um, So if Vasilevsky shows up to play, I'm – definitely taking Tampa but I do I'm not counting Toronto out at all I I did I just think I can't count Tampa out to to not win the series but um moving on to I think we're going to disagree on this series the Carolina Hurricanes taking on the New York Islanders the Carolina Hurricanes winning first place in the Metropolitan Division their third straight division championship uh the Islanders squeaking back into the playoffs for the first time in the year uh, first Eastern wildcard spot they got. Uh, overall record 52-21-9 for the Canes. For the Isles, 42-32-9. The record versus each other was 3-1-0 for the Carolina Hurricanes. 1-3-0 for the Islanders. You look at the top scorers for the Canes, and Marty Natchez finally having a breakout year of 71 points. Sebastian Ajo, 67 points. And Brent Burns, Sharks legend, has 61 points. For the Islanders, Brock Nelson with 75 points, Matt Barzal in a shortened season for him, 51 points, and Anders Lee with 50 points. We look at the goaltenders, Freddie Anderson, 21-11-1 with a 9.03 save percentage and a 2.48 goals against average. And the announced starter for tonight, Antti Ranta, do you want a Fanta? Um, 26-19-3, 9.10 save percentage and a 2.23 goals against average. For the Isles, I mean... Who else but Ilya Sorokin, 31, 22, and 7, a 9.24 save percentage and a 2.34 goals against average. Samin Velarmov, 11, 9, and 2, a 9.13 save percentage, a 2.70 goals against average. And I do want to add, uh, the Canes did call up Peter Kochenkov, who, in my opinion, has been the best Canes goaltender, even though he hasn't played that much. But he's got some good stats as well. I don't have them right here, but... Canes Isles for the first time since 2019. That's when the teams were at the beginning of their window, and now we've progressed to this point. Talk to yeah. me about your favorite team taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, um, well, I think the Islanders win in six, and um, I'll explain this one because the Hurricanes are not a good road team at all. They didn't win a single game on the road in last year's playoffs. 
That's um, so frustrating. So, uh, I th- and the Islanders strive at home. They're one of the best home teams in the league. They are, uh, it's so tough to come into UBS and, uh, or any Islanders home game and, you know, win it. So I think um, if the Islanders can steal game one or two on the road in, in Carolina, I don't see the Hurricanes coming back to Long Island and winning games three and four. So I could easily see the Islanders heading back to Carolina for game five being up 3-1. because I, I don't think that the Hurricanes are going to be able to come to Long Island and win any of the games on the road because they really are not a great road team. So I think that's what it comes down to. Um, and this is probably the best forward core the Islanders have had going into the playoffs out of like this like roster going back to 2018-19 uh, season. Um, and I just think getting Barzell back is so big. When Barzell and Horvat played together, you know, the power play was going at a 30% clip. Um, I mean, they had such great chemistry. They were both over point per game together. Um, so I think the Islanders, they finally have a first line. You know, going back even to the the Eastern Conference Finals runs, they never really had a first line. They had Leo Komarov playing up there. <laughs> and when they were one win away from going to the Stanley Cup Finals with Leo Komarov on the first line. Uh, I think this team is built for the playoffs. They have such an advantage in net with Sorokin. Um, so I, I just think that uh, with the Hurricane struggles recently without Sveshnikov, you know, they're not 100% sure in net uh, what's going on there. I mean, Ronta has, he played in, I think he played every game in last year's playoffs. Until he got injured. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's had some experience there, but I just think that, um, I don't know if I trust him 100% going in. Uh, so, I, I think that the Islanders will be able to handle the Hurricanes. Um, this, these are the first playoff games at UBS, right? Yep. So, that's going to be exciting. That's going to be great for UBS to see the first playoff atmosphere in there, but I expect nothing less than Nasu. Um, I'm not going to mention Barclays. Um, but I think Sorokin could steal the series for the Isles. He is one of those goaltenders that could easily steal the series. But you talked a little bit about the Isles side. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Canes side. The big reason why the Canes struggled in last season's playoffs is because they didn't have the scoring. The scoring evaporated. Um so they bring in Brent Burns, who has been a godsend for the Carolina Hurricanes, arguably maybe one of their best acquisitions in the past couple of years. Um, so if he shows up in the playoffs, um, I could see the Canes offense getting revitalized. I think uh, Natchez needs to continue his hot streak. Um, again, breakout year for him. He needs to continue that breakout year. And I do worry about their goaltending. Uh, Ronta was good last year. I am not going to lie. Um, I don't think it was his fault that he lost in any of the games he lost. I think Kochenkov grew, grow, uh, sorry, grew even more. He won the Calder Cup with the Wolves and obviously played in some more games this season. Uh, I do worry about Freddie Anderson if they eventually do rely on him. He's having a down year after an impressive year last season. Um, man, I think both these teams are better than the last time they met back in twenty eight, sorry, twenty nineteen, uh, where the Canes swept the Islanders. Um, I think the Max Pacioretty and Andre Svechkov injuries really, really hurt the Canes. I think that's a huge reason why they've struggled. But again, I think the death scoring for the Canes is way better than last year, which was arguably the reason why they lost to the Rangers. Isperi Kokinyemi also having a breakout year, 43 points. Um, I like the Islanders. I like Noah Dobson, Zach Parise, who have had really underrated series, uh, sorry, seasons. Bo Horvat, he was a great ac- acquisition. 
This all being said, I, I even with the goaltending and Sorokin, I'm predicting Carolina to win in seven games. I like their depth scoring a lot. I think Marty Natchez, Brent Burns, and Jesperi Kokaniemi are great additions to the Canes. Um, and they've had all have had bounce back years, or in Burns' case, a great first season uh, with Carolina. I think the goaltending is going to be the biggest question, but we've seen all three of these goaltenders thrive in the playoffs, thrive in the regular season. We'll see what happens. I would not be surprised if the Islanders win this. I think this is one of the only series where I could see an quote-unquote upset. Um, I I like Rod Brindamore more as a coach than Lane Lambert. Lane Lambert obviously was an assistant coach during the Isles' runs, but stepping into a head coach position that's different from an assistant coach. So he doesn't have any playoff experience as a head coach. Um, he does have playoff experience, though. Yeah, that's the only thing that worries me a little bit is the coaching because uh, we've seen Lambert at times, you know, struggle a little bit to make adjustments in game and, you know, just get out coached and lose the game. But uh, I think that he has a lot of Trotz's traits where he, you know, he knows how to win playoff games. So uh, I think that uh, he should be able to do a good job. Yeah, uh, with that all being said, I'm taking Carolina in seven, um, which is, uh, which was. They were my pick to win the President's Trophy uh, back in before the season. They were also my pick to go all the way to the final. I don't know if that happens, but I, I do expect them to get out of this round. I do expect them to actually be better on the road this time. Yeah. All right, moving on. The Battle of the Hudson. Trey Matthews, New Jersey Devils versus the New York Rangers. The Devils uh, almost winning the division, but they are stuck in second in the Metropolitan. The Rangers ending up in third place. Uh, record for the Devils was 52-22-8. For the Rangers, 47-22-13. The record versus each other, 3-0-1 for the New Jersey Devils, 1-2-1 for the Rangers. We look at the top scorers. Jack Hughes almost had a 100-point season, 99 points for him. Nico Heeshear with 80 points. And Dougie Hamilton had almost a franchise best uh, for defensemen, 74 points. Uh, for the Rangers, Artemi Panera, 92 points, Mika Zibanejad with 91, and Adam Fox with 72 points. We look at the goals ending, and we wonder who starts for the Devils. Vitek Vanacek has been their starter most of the year, 33-11-4 with a 9-11 save percentage, a 2.45 goals against average. Akira Schmidt, 9-5-2, 9-22 save percentage with a 2.13 goals against average, and I doubt they turned to Mackenzie Blackwood, who has had a horrible year, 10-6-2, save percentage, 3.20 goals against average. On the Rangers' side, we all know who's starting. Eager, yeah, sorry, Igor Shosturkin, 37-13-8, save percentage, 2.48 goals against average. Really picked it up in the last half of the year. Yaroslav Halak backs him up 10-9-5 with 9.03 save percentage, 2.72 goals against average. It's the first time... The Devils have made it since, um, I believe it was 2018. Yeah, 2018. Where they were, did they lose in five or get swept by the rain or by the uh, lightning? I thought they won a game. I think they won a game in the Rock. Um, so this is the first time since then. It's been a while. You know something that's weird? They have not had an OT win since 2012. Adam Henrique's goal to send them to the Stanley Cup Finals. In the playoffs? Yeah. 
They have not had an OT yeah, goal since then. I kind of get it because they haven't really made the playoffs a ton recently. But. Yep. Um, but this is going to be a fun one. And the last time these two met was in were in those playoffs when Adam Henrique eliminated the yeah. Rangers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Will it be the same outcome? Talk to me about the Hudson. Um, I... I'm not too high on this Devils team. I know a lot of people are. They think they're really good. I just think that they're too inexperienced right now to go on a deep playoff run. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if maybe they do find a way to, to win the series, uh, especially if Shesterkin, uh doesn't play like he did in last year's playoffs. And, is you know, he's I still think he's going to be good. He'll probably be an elite. But, you know, if he plays like he did in the regular season, I think he's definitely beatable. Um but that being said, I, I just think the Rangers are so much more experienced, especially getting Kane and Tarasenko, that they shouldn't have too much of a problem scoring goals. Uh, I think the Devils probably have the second worst um, goaltending uh, in the East. Uh, so I don't think that goal scoring should be a problem. And as long as Shesterkin just plays like um, above average, you know, a little better than he did in the regular season, I don't think he should have a problem stopping the Devils as fast and as uh, skilled as they are. I think that if the Rangers just slow them down, take them a little bit off their game, then um, they're going to have issues scoring. Um, that being said, uh, I, I don't think that the Rangers should really have a hard time. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see. The Devils are, are a skilled team, so um, the skill is there, but I just don't see them winning the series. I think the main thing the Devils have on the Rangers is their speed. They have yeah. so much youth, especially down the middle. You have... Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, even Eric Halla had a decent year of 41 points. You look at the wing, Timo Meyer, Dawson Mercer, Jasper Bratt, Thomas Tatar. Those are all pretty speedy guys. Um, I, th- I think um, if the Rangers didn't make the moves they made at the trade deadline, I think the Devils would win the series. But what did the Rangers do at the trade deadline? They added Patty Showtime Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko. Don't forget Tyler Mott, who has had a decent season with the Rangers, little season with the Rangers. Ah, oh, man, that's a lot of Stanley Cup champions right there because obviously Kane won three, Tarasenko won one. Um, I love those acquisitions. I think they're going to go off in the playoffs. Um, and the main question for me for the series is the goaltending because Vitek Banchek Barely has any playoff experience. Akira Schmidt, none. Mackenzie Blackwood, I don't think he even played in the. Uh, uh, excuse me, I don't think he even played in the um, yeah, twenty eighteen playoffs. It was Schneider who started most of those games. Yeah, it was Corey Schneider, I believe too. Um, and then you look at the Rangers. Igor Shosturkin really picked it up in the latter half of the season. If you get what we got last year with Shosturkin, this the series is. It's going to be the Rangers, um, and I don't think it's going to be an easy series. I think it's going to be a really fun series to watch. Um, I think that the two arenas, like the atmosphere in there, is going to be insane. I think they might have the best playoff, like you know, intensity in the East. Um, arguably, I know maybe the Islanders. We we love their their uh, fans, uh, especially Tyler Cass here. Carolina, I have to admit, their playoff uh, um, arena looks so fun. And, I mean, how can you how could you beat Toronto? And I know Boston can get loud from being there. 
I mean, this is the Rangers versus the Devils. This is a rivalry known to mankind. Um, 1994, Marek Messier guarantees the Game 7 win against the Devils. 2012, Adam Henrique scores the OT winner to send the Devils to the final. A lot of history between these two teams. That being said, I like the Rangers more. I think their depth is better. I think with Kane and Tarasenko getting added onto Panarin's Benajed, you add also... uh, Vincent Trocheck in the offseason. You have Chris Kreider as well. Um, I think that top six is so elite. And then even on the back end, Keandre Miller has had a great season for the Rags. Adam Fox, um, you know, not having the career season, but he's still an offensive threat. And, again, I think Shesterkin is one of the best goaltenders in the league, if not the best goaltender in the league. I'm taking the Rangers in seven games. I think it's going to be a tough series for the Rangers, but I do fully expect them to win this series. Yeah, I think that it's. I don't think it's going to go seven. I I could see it happening, but I'm going to go Rangers in six. I think the Devils find a way to win a game or two, hmm. but I think at the end of the day, they're not going to be able. Um, I think the Rangers will do a good job of taking them off their game, slowing them down, you know, keeping them to the outside, and I think that'll make it pretty easy for Shesterkin. So I I think that. Um, the Rangers just are just going to be able to outscore the Devils pretty easily and you know take care of them in six, five, maybe even five games, but I'm going to go Rangers in six. Moving on to the West, the Seattle Kraken, for the first time in franchise history, have made the playoffs their reward facing the defending Stanley Cup champions. The Colorado Avalanche, first in the Central Division, take on the Kraken, who claimed the first wild card in the West. Overall record for the Avs, 51-24-7. The Kraken went 46-28-8. They had a first. They had a good first half of the season and then really slumped in the second half. Their record, 1-1-1 uh, one, one, and one for the Avs and then 2-0-1 oh, uh, for the Kraken. But you look at the goal scoring and it's not even close. Nathan McKinnon, 42-69 for 111 points. He was injured part of the year too. Insane. Miko Rannan having a very underrated season, 105 points. Kale McCarr, 66 points. You look on the Seattle side of things, Jared McCann progressing even further, 70 points for him. Vince Dunn, 64 points. Jordan Eberle, 63 points. Uh, Goaltending-wise, Alex Georgiev in his first season as a full-on starter, 40-16-6. Very impressive, a 9-19 save percentage with a 2.53 goals against average. Pavel Francouz, 871, 915 save percentage with a 2.61 goals against average. Philip Grubauer for the Kraken. Oh, God. Has 17, 14, and 4. 895 save percentage with a 2.85 goals against average. Martin Jones, 27, 13, and 3. A save percentage of 0.887. And a goals against average of 2.9. Oh, sorry, 2.99. Um. First playoff matchup in the Kraken's history. Uh, the Avs are injured. What do you think of this matchup? Um, we'll, we'll see if the Kraken could even uh, win their first playoff game in franchise history. I just, I can't, I can't trust the team going into the playoffs with two goalies with the under 900 save percentage. Um, especially, I don't care how injured the Avalanche are. That offense is so good. Um, really, they're they're pretty healthy right now outside of Landeskog. Um, so they did get Josh Manson, um, 
some other players. I, back. I know Makar and Byram were hurt for a little bit towards the end of the season, but and they should back. they should all be ready to go. Yep. So I mean, as much as Linus Cogmius to this team, obviously being their captain, I think that they're still such a good team without him, and that um, going against two goalies, I don't know who's going to start. I'm going to. Uh, I I really don't even know who they lean towards because they both really haven't been great. Jones obviously has playoff experience in the past. I mean, he's been good in the playoffs in the past, but he really hasn't been good the last like three or four years in general. Um, Grubauer, um, he's had playoff experience with the Avalanche in the past, but he has not been good the past two years with the Kraken. So I don't think it really matters who they start. The Avalanche will pretty easily put up goals against them. Their offense is just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I think the Kraken have... You know, they have uh, vets there who have won a few games, but I don't. they haven't been together as a team for a long time. They haven't ever played in the playoffs as a team together, and I think that's important to generate, you know, chemistry together in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of why a lot of these teams like Tampa are so good because they, they have a lot of chemistry together in the playoffs for a long time. So, you know, I think the Kraken maybe win a game. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a sweep, but uh, I just think the Avalanche have probably the easiest uh, matchup in the first round. Yeah, um, I I think uh, it sucks not having Landskog. Um, that sucked the whole season, obviously. Um, and they've been injured to hell, basically. Um, and luckily, they're getting everyone back. I don't even recall the last time Josh Manson played. It's been a while for him, but he's going to be in there. Kill McCarbo and Byram, they're all going to be there. Mostly, most of the core is going to be back, which is great. Um, uh, I like the Avs. They're obviously the defending Stanley Cup champion. Um, the Kraken. I'm just worried about their goaltending. Uh, goaltending a lot. Obviously, Martin Jones has been an excellent playoff performer. You look at 2016 and 2019. He was excellent. Like you remember the Game Six double overtime game against Vegas when he was still with the Sharks. He was excellent in that game. Maybe one of the best goaltending performances that playoff, uh, that whole playoff uh, year. Um, but I mean, you look at them, you look at the tandem, and they've been struggling. Uh, those numbers are just ugly. Uh, but meanwhile, you have Georgiev. This is his first kind of mainstay experience in the playoffs. How is he going to do? And we know Francois can back, can definitely back him up. He can definitely play in the playoffs. I think McKinnon is on a mission, so is Rantanen, to win another cup. They want to win another cup and add to their legacy. Um, I like the Avs a lot. I I have little faith in the Kraken, especially the downturn they have took with their season after the strong first half. They even beat Boston in the first half, and then they've just really struggled and slipped all the way down to the wildcard spot. I think Climate Pledge Arena is going to be awesome in the playoffs. Their first taste of playoff hockey, uh, unless someone was living back in the days of the Seattle Metropolitan, um, which I doubt. Um, but I think, uh, you know, your goal here, if you're Dave Axtell, is to try to win at least one game, to try try to get these, this core together. This is their first time being in the playoffs together. Matty Beneers' first time being in the playoffs for him. He's going to be fun to watch in there. Um I, I even with the injuries, I I just cannot see the Kraken at all winning this series. I think if anything, um, 
they steal one game. That's my prediction, that the Avalanche win in five, but this could easily be a sweep. Yeah, I also think that the Avalanche just have such an advantage behind the bench. Um, Jared Bednar is a really good coach, and uh, Dave Haxtell, I think he's the worst coach right now in the playoffs. I agree. Um, I don't think he's... Uh, maybe besides Paul Maurice. Yeah, maybe. But Haxtell is, is not the guy you want behind the bench in, in the playoffs. I don't know if he ever made it. Did he make it with the Flyers? One year, maybe. One year, uh, but he's know. just not. I just don't think he's the right guy for them. Um, so I, I, I think that the the Kraken will probably win a game. I think that the Avalanche win in five. But I think this is the only other series that I could see being a sweep. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, this next series is going to be a bloodbath. This is the one team that neither Colorado or Dallas won the fight, and Dallas uh, will fight them. It's the Dallas Stars versus the Minnesota Wild. The Stars ended up in second in the Central, while the Wild ended up in third in the Central. Overall record for Dallas, 47-21-14. For the Wild, 46-25-11. The record versus each other, 2-0-2 for the Dallas Stars. And then 2-2-0 for the Wild. Top scorers on these teams, Jason Robertson with 109 points. Jamie Benn, bounce back year for him, 78 points. And Joe Pavelski was 77 points. On the wild side of things, Kirill Kaprizov, 75 points. Zuccarello with 67 points. And Matt Boldy having a breakout year of his own, 63 points. We look at goaltending, Jake Onger, 37-11-11 for 9-19 save percentage, 2.37 goals against average, proving he can be a mainstay starter. Scott Wedgwood has been decent as a backup, 9-8-3 with a 9-15 save percentage and a 2.72 goals against average. Wow, what a breakout year for the Wilds uh, goal center, Philip Gustafson, 22-9-7 with a 9-31 save percentage and 2.10 goals against average. And Marc-Andre Fleury with a 24-16-4 record, a 9-08 save percentage and a 2.85 goals against average. This is the second time these teams will ever face off, their first being back in 2016 when the Stars won in six games. Since then, the Stars did go all the way to the Stanley Cup Final in 2020. Meanwhile, the Wild have yet to win a single, have only won a single round, sorry. They won one round in the past decade. They have not been past the second round since 2003. The one time that they did that, they were swept by the Ducks in that series. This is going to be a fun matchup, and we haven't. I don't hear a lot of talk about about this matchup, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Your thoughts on the Stars versus the Wild? Yeah, I think this is probably the most underrated matchup for the first round. I think this is going to be a really good series. Uh, I think it's it's two teams who you know a lot of people don't really aren't really picking to go far. I think they're kind of like you know whichever team wins this round probably will lose to like the Avalanche or wherever in the next round. Uh, and I, I think that these are two of the more underrated teams right now uh, in the playoffs. Um, I love Dallas's forward core right now. I think getting da- uh, Danov was such a great pickup. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the combination that they have of you know their veterans and you know their young players just works so well together. And I mean, I, I think Ottinger is you know just going to be that guy in the playoffs. We saw it last year. Um, where how he was ridiculous against the Flames. He was the only reason that they got to seven games. Yeah. This team is just so much better than that last year. And I think that if Ottinger stands on his head again like that, which I, I think that he's just a guy who's built for like the big moments, built for the playoffs, that um, 
I really think this Dallas team could go far. And looking at the Wild, um, I, I'm interested to see who they start in net because you, you would think that they would go Gustafson because of how good he's been. But at the same time, you have a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury who's been historically uh, amazing in the playoffs. Even though he didn't have a great regular season, it's still Fleury. I think they go with Gustafson, but having Fleury you know, as your backup is such a good advantage. And uh, I, I think this is the best team the Wild have had going into the playoffs in the past, you know, They've struggled in the past with, like, depth, depth scoring. But I think now, especially with, like, Nyquist and Johansson getting them, they really have a good deep roster. And um, they have such a good defense there. Um, so I think that this series goes seven. I'm leaning towards Dallas just because I think that if it goes seven, uh, I think it'll be a goalie battle the whole series. But I think Ottinger, I have the advantage giving it to Dallas in net. But I think this will be a great series. So, I'm, But I'm going Dallas in seven. Now, do you know that? What point? How many points that Johansson and Nyquist have since joining the Wild? No, but I know Nyquist has been very good in the few games he's played. Five points in three games for Gustav Nyquist. For Johansson, 18 points in 20 games in his return to the Wild. I think uh, the Wild are icing their best team that they've had in a long time here. I really like Dean Evanson as the coach. I think he's the better coach out of him and Peter DeBoer. Uh Shout out Peter the Boy. Um, but in any case, I think both goaltenders are great. Like Gustafson, like he's had an incredible year. Like no one expected this from him. And Flurry, you know, he was shaking in the beginning of the year, but he's really uh really put forward the best effort recently. And we know that he can win cups. We saw oh eight, they got him, they got the penguins all the way to the final. 09, he won the cup with the Penguins. We look at 2016 and 17 for the Penguins. 2018, taking the Knights all the way to the first round. Or, sorry, the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, uh, I mean, Minnesota's goaltending tandem is incredible. But then we uh, we have the goaltender for Dallas. And I think they have a great goaltending tandem, too. I think Ollinger can is one of those rare goaltenders that can win you a series. Because he almost did it with... Uh, with last year in Calgary. Um, and Scott Wedgwood, I mean, he's a good backup as well. You look at the forwards, and, like, Kaprizov is one of the best goal scorers in the West. Um, he's going. To, he's always fun to watch in the playoffs. Um, you look at Matt Boldy, who has had a great career year for him. Um, Matt Zuccarello with uh, Kaprizov has been fun to watch. You have a lot of grit in the bottom six, like Ryan Reeves and Oscar Sundquist, like they're two players that will tear you down and will that will totally <laughs> annihilate you. But you look at Dallas and their top line of Rope, Hintz, Joe Pavelski, and Jason Robertson is elite. Maybe one of the best lines in the playoffs. The Dad Donov uh, acquisition has been great for Dallas. The Max Domi one has been iffy, but he's more in a secondary role than a uh, primary role like he was in Chicago. And then Jamie Benn is bouncing back in a big way, which is exactly what you want to see. Tyler Sagan still has had a disappointing season. We hope for him to bounce back in the playoffs if you're a Dallas fan. Listen, I think this is going to be such a fun and close matchup. I don't see a lot of blowouts in this matchup. And I forgot to mention Joel Erickson Eck. He's a huge wildcard factor for the Wild. He was obviously injured late in the season. They hope that he can play again in the later games versus the Stars if it goes that far, which I think it does. You look at the defense for both these teams. Miro Heiskanen, an unbelievable year for him. 
Um, I don't think there's a lot under him that scores, but I think there's a lot of good defensive uh, players down there. Uh, and then you look at uh, their young players like Mason Marshman and Wyatt Johnson, who have been pretty good. You look at the defense for the Wild, you have Kalen Addison, who's had a great season, and Matt Dumba. Uh, down season for him, but he's still a great defenseman. It's going to be tough. I think it comes down to the nitty-gritty like details. I think Onger is the best goaltender in this whole series because Gustafson hasn't had playoff experience before. Flurry has, but um, he's gotten older. Um, so I think it's going to, like you said, again, come down to goaltending. So I'm taking the Dallas Stars to win seven games. I think this Stars team is way better than last year's Stars team. I think this Stars team could go on a run, potentially. They have the offense to do it. I just think the series is going to beat each other up, and it's just going to be insane. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I think Stars in, in seven, but I, I think it go either way. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if the Wild win it. But just given their their history, you know, it's kind of hard to pick the Wild to win in the first round. Yeah, but I I think this could be the year that they finally do. I agree. Um, moving on, the Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Winnipeg Jets. The Golden Knights were first in the Pacific after missing the playoffs for the first time in their franchise's history. They have come back in a big way. Meanwhile, the Jets, who also missed last year. They squeaked into the playoffs after having a strong start, but a very miserable second half of the season. They are the second Western Wild Card. Vegas with a record of 51-22-9. The Jets with a 46-33-3 record. Uh, Vegas is a perfect 3-0-0 against the uh, Golden Knights. Meanwhile, the Jets are 0-2-1 against Vegas. The top scorers for the Vegas Golden Knights, Jack Eichel, finally making the playoffs in, what, his seventh or something season? Excuse me, uh, 27 goals, 39 assists, 66 points. Chandler Stevenson, 65 points. Jonathan Marshall, so 57 points. Look at the Jets, Kyle Connor, really underrated year for him. 80 points for him. Josh Morrissey, 76 points. Mark Shifley, 42 goals this season, 68 points. We look at the goaltending, and you wonder who starts for the Knights. Laurent Brassois, 7-0-3, with a 9-2-7 save percentage and 2.17 goals against average. Aiden Hill, 16-7-1, with a 9-15 save percentage, 2.50 goals against average. Logan Thompson, who was their starter for most of the year, 21-13-3, with a 9-15 save percentage and 2.65 goals goals against average. And Jonathan Quick. 5-2-2 with a 9.01 save percentage and 3.13 goals against average. You look at the Jets uh, net, there's no one else but Connor Hellebuck. 37-25-2 with a 9.20 save percentage and 2.49 goals against average. David Riddick with a 9.8-1 record, a .901 save percentage with a 2.67 goals against average um, for him. Um, this is the first time since 2018 that these two teams will meet in the playoffs. The last time they met, the Jets were handled by the Knights in five games, and Vegas went to the Stanley Cup Final in their first ever season. 
obviously uh, the two both missed the playoffs, and now they're back. What do you think of the Knights and Jets rematch? I, I really want to pick the Jets. Uh, I really do. I, I think that they're super underrated. Um, I love Hellebuck. I think he's a top-five goalie. I think they have such an advantage in net. But I just think that Vegas' depth and just is just so much better than the Jets. Um, uh, but I don't think that the Jets will go out without a fight. I mean, they they improved their depth so much, getting Nina Ryder, uh, even Domestikov has been pretty good for them. Um, I think that their top six might be better than Vegas's. Um, uh, not a hundred percent on that, but I think they're they're pretty close to even. I really like uh, Kyle Connor. I think he's so underrated. I think Dubois had an underrated year. Um, I think Wheeler and uh, like Shifley are are really good pieces there. But uh, I just think that Vegas is a better overall team. Um, I think that their their bottom six is definitely better than the Jets. Um, I think that the Jets might have a better defense there. So I, I think that could be an advantage for them. But I think this will be a closer series than people think. The Jets, they're, they're a good team. I think this one goes six or seven. But I just think in general, Vegas having the better overall team. Um, I think Eichel is going to go off to being his first playoff series. I think he's going to you know, do his best to take over games. So I'm going to go Vegas in seven. But uh, I, I want to pick the Jets. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Hellebuck steals the series because um, I don't trust Vegas' goaltending at all. Even if Thompson is healthy and plays, he's still a rookie. And, I mean, we've seen rookies do good, and we've seen him do bad in the playoffs. But um, if Thompson starts, uh, I think this Vegas wins in six. If he doesn't start, I think that this one goes seven, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets take it. Now, looking at their goaltending, which to me is their biggest question, Warren Brissois, uh could be taking on his former team here. He's... Probably had the bet, better numbers out of any of these goaltenders. Doesn't have playoff experience. Aiden Hill, no playoff experience. Logan Thompson, no playoff experience. Jonathan Quick, I mean, he was good in last year's playoffs. He's obviously won two cups, but of his numbers this year, do you really trust him in net? And then you're facing Connor Hellebuck, who is in that group of goaltenders. Once again, I would say there's four or five in the league that can win you a series. And Connor Hellebuck could totally steal a series for the Jets. I like the Jets' top six. I agree with you. I think they're underrated. I think Kyle Connor has had a great season. I think uh, Neil Pionk and Josh Morrissey and Brendan Dillon on that defense, along with Dylan DeMillo, Nate Schmidt, um, it's just impressive. Um, Mark Shifley has had an underrated year of 42 goals. Um, the big thing is for Vegas that Mark Stone will be returning for the Knights. That could either go one of two ways. He could look out of place, but, or he could fit right back into place and the Knights could overtake the Jets and really find the weaknesses in Connor Hellebuck. Um, I don't think it will be a five-game series like last time, way back in 2018. But I think uh, the way the Jets struggled in the second half of the season, you need to shake that. Otherwise, Vegas is winning this period. Um, I like... Winnipeg's goaltender better. I like Vegas's offense better, and I think their defense is a tie. I think this is going to be a decent matchup, and there are a lot of uh, former faces on each side of the rink. Obviously, Nate Schmidt facing his old team, Laura Brossois for the Knights facing his old team. It's going to be an interesting matchup. I could see 
this series being one of the uh, one of the underdogs uh, winning series, I could totally see that. Um, I just don't see this uh, this team having it though. Um, I don't know why I put five games in here. I, I think it's going six games. I think uh, Vegas wins in six. Um, but I think it's gonna be a close one. I. I don't know why I wrote five. I chose six on my bracket. But uh, I even put six games. Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think Hellbuck is the big wild card. If he plays up to potential, the Jets could steal this thing. Yeah. If he doesn't, the Jets are screwed. I, I really want to pick the Jets because uh, like I just have something in me that just knows that they're going to win this series. Um, but uh, I'm going Vegas in seven. But I, I, I really like Winnipeg for some reason. I... I think I, I just really love their playoff atmosphere there. I love the whiteout. The whiteout returns. Yeah, I just think it's so cool. I think it's such a tough place to play, and just because it's super small and compact, and it gets so loud in there. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, I'm picking Vegas, but uh, I really think that Winnipeg could win the series. Just need to wear a white at home though. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Edmonton versus LA, our final playoff matchup. This is a rematch again from last season, Edmonton. Placing second in the Pacific, the LA Kings third in the Pacific after turning it around after trade deadline. Overall record is uh, sorry 50-23-9 for the Oilers, 47-25-10 for the Kings. Record versus each other, 2-2-0 for both these teams. And then you look at the top scorers. Let's just, let's just get out of the way. Connor McDavid, ridiculous season. 64 goals, 89 assists for 153 points. That's just insane. <laughs> um, Leon Dreisaitl, 52 goals, 76 assists for 128 points. That's just insane as well. And then Ryan Nugent Hopkins, everyone, 37 goals, 67 assists, 104 points. Um, yeah, no king is going to touch that. I'm sorry, Tyler. But uh, Anze Kopitar, 74 points. Kevin Fiala, 72 points. Adrian Kempe, 41 goal season. Good for him, 67 points. You look at the goaltenders, and this could be where uh, Edmonton struggles. Stuart Skinner, 29-14-5, the 9-14 save percentage with the 2.75 goals against average. Jack Campbell backs him up, 21-9-4, but an 8-8-8 save percentage and a 3.41 goals against average. Oh, my God. Uh, Jonas Corposalo. Leads the way for the Kings. He's 7-3-1 with a 9-2-1 save percentage and a 2.13 goals against average. Phoenix Copley, 24-6-3 with a 9-0-3 save percentage and a 2.64 goals against average. An epic rematch from the last season. Connor McDavid is God-worthy season versus the LA, uh, LA Kings with some incredible additions from the trade deadline. Who wins the rematch, Tyler? Um, I, I'm sticking with my pick for the Kings, but um, I'm worried about that because we already have uh, confirmation that Velarde and Fiala are both out. Uh, game one, Fiala might miss the entire series. It, that is such a big loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm sticking with the Kings just because I think they improved from last year. So do the Oilers, but I think they have the advantage in net. Um, I think the biggest thing that the Kings have, this might sound crazy, but is a legitimate home ice advantage because that ice is going to be awful. The Clippers and Lakers both play the day before. I think the day after, um, they're going to be constantly switching from basketball back to hockey to basketball. Um, so I think the ice is going to be terrible. 
And I think for a team like the Oilers, who are super skilled and rely on speed, that playing on like really awful ice is going to be like hurt them a lot. And I think the Kings are used to it. So that might sound a little like dumb, but I, I legitimately think that um, the Kings have the advantage there, just being a team that doesn't rely a ton on speed. And, um, you know, they're used to playing on crappy eyes like that. So I, I think that the Kings, uh, if they're just able to forecheck, you know, uh, take the Oilers off their game, similar to like the Devils, um, then I think that the, the Kings shouldn't have a tough time taking care of them. I think they have the advantage in that. Corpusalo was great um, against Tampa in the bubble. Um, uh, Skinner has no playoff experience. I think they'll start him, even if they go to Campbell. He wasn't great this year, even though he has the playoff experience in the past. But um, I'm, I'm sticking with my pick for Kings in seven, but with all the injuries going on with L.A., if Velarde is out for longer than a game, if Fiala really does miss the whole series, those are two huge pieces that are gone. Um, I could see the Oilers winning this. Um, I, I think this will be a great series. These two teams don't like each other at all. Um, I think it's going to be a hard-fought, you know, really just exciting series. Um, as, as much as uh, I want to see the Kings go far, if these injuries uh, continue, you know, they keep piling up, I, I think this is going to be another uh, a tough run for them, similar to last year. Because last year they had a good team. They took them to seven without Dowdy, Arvison. But, you know, it sucks for the injuries. I think if the L.A. team is fully healthy, then they could easily win the Cup. But, you know, with all these injuries, I'm still picking them, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Oilers win. Yeah, um, we kind of were hinting on it before we started the podcast <laughs> that everyone is choosing Edmonton to go far. I I understand the reasoning, but there's a difference between regular season and playoff hockey. And Connor McDavid has only made it past the second round one time in his career, and that was last year when he got swept by the Avalanche. And there's, and this is a whole different team too, because you have a whole different goaltending tandem, and you have a different defense. You have different depth. Um, it's going to be interesting. I don't. I'm not going to overrate the Oilers at all because I don't think they're all that. I don't think they're ready for a Stanley Cup yet. I think. It's coming. I think it's in the future, but I don't think this is the year. I think McDavid is going to have a incredible playoff, uh, no matter how long it goes for. Uh, but the goal for the Kings here is to shut down both McDavid and Drysaddle, and once you do that, you it's it's it might be easier than expected. I mean, you have Evander Kane, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Zach Hyman down there, but once you shut down the the freaking god tier players that have that just pestered the whole league. I think you're in the clear because I really like this Kings team. I really, really like their defense. Dowdy, Gavrikov, Mikey Anderson, all three of those have been incredible uh, players for the Kings. I think they have all the tools to shut down McDavid and Drysidel. You look at the offense for the Kings. Uh, Kevin Fiala has been really good for the Kings. Kopitar, another great year. You need um, you you need Adrian Kempe to show up in this year's playoffs. He barely showed up last year, arguably. I would say he scored an overtime winner in Game Five. Uh, yeah, in, game the, five. in the first four games, he was held scoreless. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't true. have Kempe scoreless. He's your best goal scorer, arguably. Um, you have to get him going, otherwise, this could be a huge issue for the Kings. He's a big part of that team. You also have Victor Arvinson, um, 
who's healthy this season. He needs to show up in these playoffs. He's a fantastic player for the Kings, and he needs to show up. And if Fiala remains injured, if Gabe Velarde, who has been really good this season, um, is still injured, this could be a bad matchup. But I think the Kings have the tools to take down Edmonton. I think Edmonton is being overrated by many. I would take LA's goaltending tandem over Edmonton's in a heartbeat because Skinner does not have any uh, playoff experience, and Jack Campbell has been awful this year, absolutely awful. Um, I I think it's going to be a high-scoring series. I really do. I think McDavid is going to single-handedly win Edmonton a game or two because he's just that good, unfortunately. Um, but I am taking the LA Kings in seven games. I think they're the most improved team out of the two of them from last year. I love the addition of Matias Ekholm for the Oilers. I think that just makes them so much better. I think that really pushes us to seven games. I just see the the Kings winning this. I I really like this Kings team. And as a Sharks fan, I'm saying that. So you know that means something. But yeah, the Kings in seven. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm sticking with Kings in seven. Um, I want it to happen. I think it's going to happen. But like I said, uh, if if the injuries stay the way they are, and you know Fiala misses the series, if Villardi misses, you know more than a game, then I, I think the Kings are going to have struggles to score, especially the power play. The power play has been awful without both Fiala and Villardi. Those two guys were so good together on the power play, but. Uh, I think that the, that is the X factor of the series is special teams. The Oilers' power play is just so insanely good. Um, the Kings' power play is also pretty good. The Kings struggled a little bit on the penalty kill. But I think the the main thing in the series is stay out of the box. Whichever team can stay out of the box the most is going to win. Um, uh, also, I think the, the Oilers finished the regular season on like a really, really good mm-hmm. run there. They didn't lose a ton of games, so I think that goes into a lot of people picking them to go on a run. But you look at who they played. They play a ton of great teams down there. I mean, obviously, it's uh, the NHL. Any team can win any game. We saw that with the Penguins. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I think the Oilers are being overrated. I think that's going to hurt them a little bit um, because I, I think that the, the Kings another, are, are another team that kind of feeds off being an, an underdog, you know. Not a lot of people picked them, especially last year, to go to the playoffs. And even this year, they thought last year was kind of a fluke. So um, I'm, I'm sticking with Kings in seven games. I hope it happens. I hope they get healthy and we have a good series here. All right. So we went over every series. Just to recap, for me, we pretty much had the same uh, answers all but one. Uh, for me, in the West, Colorado beats Seattle in five. Dallas beats Minnesota in seven. Vegas beats Winnipeg in six. And L.A. beats... Edmonton in seven. Uh, do you want to recap your West, and then we'll go through uh, our predictions? I got to pull up my bracket. Oh, man, you didn't have my your bracket many, pulled up? So my many what a rookie. What a rookie. Yeah, Tyler made, like, 50 brackets, guys. Like Because I'm indecisive. I have. To, I don't know who I want to win. Homie, and one of them is going to win because you have, like, 50 brackets. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't even know where I find them. What do you mean you don't know where to the find New them? Islanders official bracket. Oh, my God. Go to NHL.com. Um, so, 
Do you want to... Okay, I found my actual bracket. Okay, good. You're good. not going to like who I picked to win the cup, but I think it's going to happen. Okay, yeah, I, I have a feeling I know who it is, but go ahead and uh, recap your first round West. Uh, I have Colorado in five, Dallas in seven, Vegas in seven, and LA in seven. All right, let's move on to the second round. I predicted uh, in the Colorado-Dallas series that I have going... Colorado, I think they win that one in seven. And then I have L.A. beating Vegas. Uh, that is also in seven. Your matchups for the second round. Um, I have Colorado versus Dallas. Um, I don't, this doesn't let me pick how many games in that series, but I think that one goes. I'm just predicting. I think that one goes six or seven. I have Dallas in seven. Uh, then I have Vegas versus L.A. Um I have L.A. winning that series, but um, just because I, I think that overall L.A. is a better team. If the injuries happen, Vegas could win that series. Uh, I'm going to L.A. in seven. I I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of like long series this playoffs. Yeah. For the Western Conference Finals, I have Colorado and L.A., and I have Colorado beating L.A. in six games to move on to the Stanley Cup final for the second straight year. Yeah, you're not going to like my my pick, but I have Dallas beating the Kings in in six games. Um, I know you don't like Pierre DeBoer as a coach, but I am so high on this Dallas I, team. You know what? Arguably, I think, I, think, I think that's a great pick. I really do think Dallas can go far in these playoffs. Uh, let's move over to the East. Uh, recapping the first round, uh, Boston beating Florida in five, Tampa beating Toronto in seven, Carolina being the Islanders in seven and the Devils beating, or sorry, the Rangers beating the Devils in seven games. Uh, Boston in five, Tampa in seven, the Islanders in six, and the Rangers in six. All right, and then for the second round matchups, I have Boston playing Tampa. That's That will be a fun one if it happens. And I have Boston winning in six, and then Carolina versus the Rangers. I have Carolina winning in seven. Um. Uh. Yeah, I have Boston versus the uh, Lightning. I think Boston wins that one. Uh, the games have kind of torn on. I feel like this series could could be a short one for some reason. Uh, especially if Boston has kind of an easy series with Florida and Tampa has like a grind with Toronto. I think you know Boston being rested and Tampa being like a tired team that just had a tough series. Boston could come in and win in five games, but I'm gonna go Boston seven. And I have the Islanders beating the Rangers in seven games. And the Eastern Conference Finals, I have Boston and Carolina, the rematch from 2019, the rematch from the first round last year. I have Boston beating them this time in five. Yeah, I don't like picking against my own team, but I think that uh, I have Boston and Islanders. I think Boston probably wins that series. I got Boston in six games in that series. So then I have an epic uh, finale the Boston Bruins versus the Colorado Avalanche in the Stanley Cup final. I think this goes six games, but I just I just love Boston this year. Boston Bruins, your 2023 Stanley Cup champions in my bracket. Uh, I have Dallas versus the Bruins, and I, I have the Stars winning the Stanley Cup. Wow. I, I, you weren't going to like it because I, I don't, I don't I, mind it because Joe Pavelski. Yeah, that's true, but... Uh, I know you don't think Peter DeBoer is a great coach. Well, the so. thing is, every time DeBoer takes over a new team, that first year, he always goes far. You saw the Devils, the Sharks make the Stanley Cup Finals, and then Vegas go all the way to the Western Conference Finals. So it very well could happen. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm so high on the Stars team. I just think that 
they're a team full of veteran guys who need to win a cup. You know, guys like Pavelski and, and Jamie Benn, even like Ryan Suter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have guys like uh, Sagan won with the Bruins, right? Yes. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think a guy like Sagan is somebody who, you know, is knows like where he's at. He could put the regular season behind him and be like, all right, this is the playoffs. It's a whole new season and just have a really good playoffs. And then that, I love all of their young guys. I think Wyatt Johnson is really good. Yeah. Um, obviously, Robertson, um, Rupe Hans is great. High skin, and we saw how good he could be um, during their run. And I think that a lot of these young guys have experience because they, most of them were on the team when they went to the finals back in 2020. Um, the other thing that worries me a little bit is is their defensive depth because, you know, they have guys like Yanni, Hawk, and Pa, and, like, their third pair wasn't the greatest guy ever yeah but uh, I, st- I really think the Stars team is good and like I said before I just think that Ottinger is just going to be like that guy in the playoffs that just just is just so good and is I know. think he very well could be I could I could totally see that and I would be happy because as you know my teams are at the playoffs the Sharks and the Penguins but I also and... think the West is just wide open and oh, I agree whichever team gets hot any of them I like when I look at the West especially with Linus Cog hurt I just I I I just don't see, like, a team that I'm like, okay, this team is going to go all the way. Mm-hmm. Well, I would be really happy if the Stars won it because Joe Pavelski has been one of my favorite players for the longest time. I think him, it's Dallas and Carolina are the two teams I'm rooting for in the playoffs, but I, I really don't have a big stake in it besides rooting for Joe Pavelski and Brent Burns and Stefan Nason, Sharks legend, Penguins legend. Um, so I, I would actually like that a lot. Um <laughs> But when you said I would, uh, I wouldn't like a break predictions. So I was fully expecting you to put LA and the Islanders in the final, and then have the Islanders win like seven games. I was actually really that's, expecting that's the that. La- the last thing I want is an Islanders Kings finals. Literally, the last thing that I want. That's like me in 2016 when the Sharks <laughs> played the Penguins. I was like, God damn it! I was rooting for the Sharks, obviously, but that that one stung, man. Um, yeah, so I have the Bruins as my Stanley Cup champions. I don't usually pick the President's Trophy champion. I didn't pick uh, Tampa in 2018, actually. Or 2019, sorry. Or, yeah, it was 2019 when they won it. I had them beating the Blue Jackets, though, so at least I had that. But um, I haven't chosen any of the uh, President's Trophy winners to win the Cup until now. And I just think the Bruins are that deep. You have the Stars winning the Stanley Cup, which I think is an excellent choice. The Stars-Bruins matchup in the final would be so fun. Obviously, Tyler Sagan playing against his former team. Uh, Jim Montgomery playing against his former team. Uh, coaching against his former team. And, yeah, Peter Borier. Um Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be a fun playoff. I think this 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 uh, playoff uh, year I'm looking forward to way more than last year because I think it's – more wide open. We kind of expected Colorado to win it last year. Yeah, that's that's why I I, I was struggling with the West. I'm, I'm even struggling a little bit with the East because yeah. as, as good as Boston is, at the same time you have Tampa. It's kind of hard to to go against them. Um, I I, I might maybe a little biased here. I could see the Islanders going all the way. Um, I know you're not going to agree with me on that. No, there, I don't. But um, this this is a team that that didn't change a ton from their Eastern Conference Finals runs, but they got better uh, offensively. 
So I, I just think that it's a team and ending in net. So I just I think it's a team built for the playoffs that could go on another run. No nobody picked them two tiers in a row. Nobody picked them and went to the Easter Conference Finals, one win away from the Stanley Cup. I could totally see him going to the the third round. I just can't see him winning the cup at yeah. all. Um, but anyway, the games tonight. Speaking of the Islanders, they're playing the Canes tonight. That's going to be the first playoff game of this season. Followed by the Panthers and the Bruins, the Wild and the Stars, and the Kings and the Oilers. So please, if you're a hockey fan, go watch those games. Because, man, that Stars-Wild series is going to be incredible. Obviously, the Kings and Oilers one. And even the Canes and Islanders one is going to be a lot on the Bruins and the Panthers. That one might be a little lopsided. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to this way more than... Probably since uh, you know what I had a lot of fun in 2020, even though yeah, the, I, the, the, I, that's also because we had games going on all day from like like 12 o'clock all the way to like just that stars run was so fun yeah. to watch, and even the lightning run was kind of fun. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to this year's playoffs. But we're probably gonna have one more episode coming out this week uh, talking about the stuff outside the playoffs. You know, the Penguins, the Ducks, the Jackets, all of them dismissing uh, people. We'll talk about that in the episode later this week. But those were our playoff predictions. So, Tyler, anything left to add? No. This is like the first year where I, like, don't care who who wins out of the West. Um, besides, I don't want the Oilers or Vegas to go far. Oh, I I don't want but like or Vegas near there. But, like, I really, like, like don't. I obviously want the Kings to come out of the West, but like if the Kings lose, as long as it's not Edmonton or Vegas, I think I'm fine with any of those teams winning. Uh, you know who I'm? Who else I'm not fine with? The Devils. I just. No, I'm just I talking about the know. West in general. Oh yeah, I just cannot. Stand I, I, the Devils. In the East, I don't want. If the Islanders get eliminated, I'm cheering for the West no matter what. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just besides Edmonton, Vegas, I'm fine with any of the teams in the West winning. Like I would be happy to see like the Stars, even the Wilds, Jets. You know, any of those teams win. I would be I would be okay seeing the Avalanche go back to back again. I just don't want to see the Kings win it. Um, but I I wouldn't want to see I I would really want the Kings to be Edmonton though because I hate Edmonton. Stupid Evander the, Kane. The only thing I'd be okay with is you know I feel like McDavid has to get a cup. I I just don't want it to come with Edmonton. I, you know I, once he joins forces with Matthews on on the Coyotes. Oh my god! Cool. <laughs> you know uh, wishful thinking, but. Uh, for myself, you can go follow me on Twitter, Chase Beersley underscore. I do have my article up for the NHL playoffs. We go, I go in depth about each matchup uh, in writing, so go check that out, please, on my website, chasebeersley.com. For Tyler, where can they follow you? Uh, Tyler Cass underscore. Yeah, he has a great Twitter account. Go follow for more stops and pictures. But in any case, we wish you a happy playoffs for us two. Please go watch the playoffs and have a great week. We will see you all later this week. I believe that you can bend. Not only do you have to fight, but you have got to win because everybody is gone.